On today's Murder Zero podcast, it's the season one finale! Yes! And one of the greatest episodes of Murder She Wrote ever made. Hello and welcome to the Murder She Wrote podcast where I watch every single episode of the hit 80s slash 90s show Murder She Wrote starring three-time Academy Award nominee and five-time Tony Award winner Miss Angela Lansbury. Today I'm going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 21, the last episode of Season 1, Air Date. Funeral at 50 Mile, Air Date, April 21st, 1985. Boy, a lot of good movies were released in April of 1985, let me tell you. One of the films was a film with Angela Lansbury called The Company of Wolves. I've never seen it, but I've always wanted to. Girls Just Want to Have Fun was released on April 12th. Desperately Seeking Susan on April 12th. So... Amazing. Cat's Eye. That was a weird movie. Also on April 12th. But um, The Company of Wolves was released on April 19th, 1985. So they... So yeah, she was in that. Just one of the guys. So we had some awesome movies released in 1985. Alright, so... This is the season finale and my third attempt at recording it because technology kind of sucks sometimes. The first time I attempted to record it, I had gotten to the end and my and the internet got messed up and the computer got confused and got fro it froze and it did not save my recording. The second time I was in the middle of recording and didn't realize that I did not plug in the laptop to charge it. So it shut off and again didn't save my recording. So hopefully you all will get to hear this one. Alright, as always, I spoil everything there is to spoil about the episode The Murderer of the Suspects. Everything in between. If you have not recently seen this episode, you can watch it one of four ways. If you own the DVDs like I do, get out to six, insert it into your DVD player, and this is the last episode on that disc. If you do not own the DVDs like I do, you can watch the episode for free on the Roku channel. All 12 seasons are currently streaming, with limited commercial interruption, as well as the four TV movies that aired after Murder, She Wrote ended in 1996. You can also watch seasons one through five on IMDb TV app, as well as all 12 seasons are also currently streaming on NBC's Peacock app with limited commercial interruption. So go ahead, watch the episode first, then come back and see if we notice the same things or don't. Do whatever you want to do. It's totally up to you. Honestly, 
I want to thank you all for your continued support. The fact that you listen and that you enjoy what you're listening to makes me feel awesome. So thank you so much for your continued support and bearing with me with the crazy weather because right now it's cold again here in Kentucky. You know, you would think that it was uh, spring, but uh, for some reason it is freezing. It was so cold last night. And, but Wednesday, it's going to be 77 degrees. Uh-huh. And then go back to being cold again. Go figure. And allergies and everything. Thank you all for, I mean, it took a year. But we're done with season one. Oh my god, I'm so happy. And I won't ever have to say this again for a while. Um, this, as I said, is episode 21. When Murder, She Wrote premiered on September 30th, 1994, it premiered as a pilot movie. For some reason, when it was sold into syndication, it was syndi- they took the pilot movie and syndicated it into two parts. If you ever wanted to see the the pilot movie in its entirety, I encourage you to buy the season one DVD. It is on there as it originally aired. When they syndicated the episode into two different parts, they made it episode one and two, but it is considered, if you go on imdb.com, considered episode zero. The first official episode of Murder, She Wrote was Deadly Lady. You deduce that from that and you arrive that there are 21 episodes. It even says so on the back of the DVD. 21 episodes. The pilot movie is not counted as one. And thank the Lord, I will not have to say that when I start season two. Because when season two started, it started as a regular television show. So episode one was episode one and so on and so forth. So honestly, I'm so excited. And I am not going to take a year to do season two. I'm going to do like try to get it done as fast as possible. Because... I'm excited that I made it this far. And I've only been doing this, um, this podcast for a year here on the Anchor app. Um, and I love it. It is so fun. So let's get into the season finale, which features a guest starring role from Sheila Stevens from The Messiah Adventure, one of my favorite movies, Leslie Nielsen, guest starred on my Johnny Lies Over the Ocean. And he was on the in the Poseidon Adventure as well. He played the captain in that movie, as well as playing the captain of the ship in that episode. And we have an early appearance by William Window, who will go on to play Seth Hazlitt in season two. All right, so let's get started. This episode is set in Wyoming, Texas. And I'm going to assume that the last episode, Murder at the Oasis, was set in Texas because the episode before that was set in Texas. Phew! But just because it was set in Texas does not mean it was shot there. It was all shot on the Universal backlot. Alright. So, we start off this episode at a funeral. Oh, and the reason why it's called Funeral at 50 Mile is because that's the name of the town. 50 Mile, Wyoming. Population 425. And I love this episode, but there are a couple of things that I could have lived without. And I will explain them as we go. So this episode starts with a funeral. Um, We are burying Mr... Jack Carver, 
and he has his fellow veteran friends with him, which is Doc Wallace, Bill Comedy, his brother Tim Carver, and his friend, other friend, attorney Sam Breen, played by William Window, is all there. Now, I am not entirely sure. I know this is not one of Jessica's family members. I guess she was just friends with this person because she's there for Mary Carver, played by Kathleen Beller, a really great actress who was on the original Dynasty. Mary is burying her father. He was a, a war veteran because he has a gun send-off. A gun send-off, as I said. And uh, suddenly there's a weird horn honk. It's very somber and very sad. The preacher is saying ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And suddenly the tension is cut by a weird sound of a horn. Someone is arriving in a camper. This is Carl Minston and his wife, Sally, played by Sheila Stevens. They're apparently there to pay their respects, but no one seems to like this guy. And he is decked all out as Texas as he possibly can be. And he looks like the dude from Little House on the Prairie, and I could be wrong, that caused everyone to blow up the town at the end of Little House on the Prairie, but I could be wrong. Maybe they're brothers. I don't know. But anyway, his presence doesn't seem to be very uh, happy, and no one seems to be happy that he's there. So we then cut to the Carver farm where Mary lives, and everyone is sort of walking around. We get introduced to the Sheriff, or as he likes to be called, Marshal Ed Potts, played by Cliff Potts, which I wonder if that was deliberate, using the actor's last name for his character. I don't know. But anyway, this is the one thing I don't like. The They're, again, pushing the narrative that Southerners are, are not bright, that, are, that Southerners are dumb. And I know a lot of people who are Southern who are very, very smart. And they make this sheriff like the like a bumbling idiot. Like he literally goes over to Jessica and and she's like, Wow, I've not had dandelion wine dandy dandy dandelion wine in a long time, sorry. <laughs> I had trouble with that in the last recording. But anyway and he says, so you're a mystery writer. Mystery's not my game. I prefer a real good western. And Jessica says, yeah, I've noticed that you have your gun in your holster. Like, you're going to pull it out and do a quick draw. He's like, yep, been practicing my whole life. Haven't been able to do it yet, though. But I hope that I can at some point in my life. And I'm just like, wow, really? So everyone's sort of walking around talking. Um, Tim wants to buy the farm since he lives next door. 
in his own farm and own house, and he wants to like expand it together. And Mary says that she's not so she's not sure about that, and she's not sure she's gonna sell. Um, her fiance Art is there and really doesn't have, you know, anything to say on that matter. So everyone's sort of celebrating Mr. Carver and sort of mingling and talking and about this and that. And then suddenly we hear that horn again. And Carl and Sally end up showing up at the house. And their presence is even less wanted there than it was at the funeral. Carl comes in and informs Mary that his father, that he has his, her father's last will and testament, which gives him everything, including the farm and the house. She is completely shocked and does not understand why he is there or why he even showed up to the funeral. Her father seems to have hated Carl, and he visited him recently before his death, and now he has this will. He vows that him and Sally are not going anywhere until it's settled. Meanwhile, they notice that a storm is on the horizon, so they decide to barrel down the hatches to make sure the animals don't get out. Carl and Sally are a very odd couple because she challenges him to an arm wrestling. Apparently, she won in a championship for women. She ends up beating him, and he ends up giving her $500 that he just so happened to have in his pocket. Boy, he must be rich. He agrees to go help Sam, Doc Wallace, Mr. Comedy, and Tim secure the place with them. And as the storm begins to fall down, Later the next morning, as everyone is getting up for breakfast, Art's car got stuck in a big, huge patch of mud, and he's taken home by the farmhand, Jesus. Jesus goes to the barn and cannot believe what he has discovered. Carl is dead, hanging in the barn, and everyone at the farm is a suspect. The sheriff is completely out of his league, so Jessica begins telling him exactly what he needs to ask and exactly what he needs to do. Trying to figure out, she points out that he wasn't hanged. That's not how he died. That there was something else. And it seems as if he was hanged after he was killed with a blow on the head or something. The sheriff all goes along with everything she says with no question because he's completely out of his sleep. He has no idea what to do. He's never investigated a murder because there hasn't been any murder in this town in over five years. And he's only been sheriff for two of those years, or marshal as he likes to be called. So they then go to the house and, and establish where all they were. Jessica was sleeping. So was Mary, Sam, Mr. Comedy, Doc Wallace, Tim, all can alibi each other, knowing exactly where each and every one of them were at the time of the murder. 
which seems rather convenient if you ask me. The only ones who can't seem to corroborate their alibi is Jessica, which, <laughs> so funny, right there. Mary, Art, and Sally. Sally says that she's going to stay there until she finds out who murdered Carl. Mrs. Fletcher decides, since the sheriff is not competent, or Marshall, I'm sorry, is not competent enough to solve the crime that she's obviously going to. She convinces the sheriff to challenge Sally to an arm wrestling contest and notices that Sally is left-handed, which the killer was apparently left-handed with the way the rope was tied or something. Sally claims that she didn't kill him. And then the next morning, when Sally gets up to get breakfast, Ma uh, Mary doesn't really like her and doesn't really want her around. But Mrs. Fletcher has got this girl's number. She basically says that she knows for a fact that she's not married to Carl because the ring on her finger did not leave a line, meaning that she has not been wearing it that long and that she has been on the phone to various cities trying to get a marriage certificate to prove that she was actually married. Apparently, they were not married, and Carl said that it would be better if they pretended to be married to get the inheritance or whatever. Art ends up getting arrested by the marshal when all signs point to him. The marshal believes that he has found his suspect and won't listen to reason. When Art tells Jessica at the jail that he overheard the, the marshal talking to Doc Wallace, where Doc Wallace said that the blow on the head came before he was hanged, or no, after he was hanged, and that the hanging is what killed him, that he has changed his whole medical report. She decides to go to his office, but he's not there. She talks to his secretary and finds out that Carl went through his files and found out something that upset him. Jessica begins to wonder. Eventually, Art is released on his own recognizance because there's really no evidence to place him at the scene of the crime, and there's no clear motive for him to kill Carl. Not at all. Sally is now long gone, and I guess decided not to stick around to see who killed Carl. Well, later that night, Jessica wakes up to some pounding going on to see a noose outside her window. And what's interesting is, I forgot, in the dining room scene, in one of them, because there's many, um... Tim Carver points out that the reason the killer put strung up Carl was that back in the olden days, like I guess the 1800s, they would string up a cow's head to basically warn thieves that that could happen to them. Interesting. So now that Art has been let go, it seems as if the marshal is stumped and has no idea who killed Carl Winston. But Jessica begins to put two and two together, 
She finally has the chance to talk to Doc Wallace, who does admit about Carl breaking into his office and looking through his files. He doesn't tell Jessica what he found, though, saying that that was private and she didn't need to know. She also points out that somebody knows something and they're not telling her. The doc doesn't basically, basically he dodges her questions and she says, I'm going to go to the barn and look around. He tells her that she shouldn't snoop into things that are none of her business. And when she rounds the corner into the barn, because Mary has gone off with Art to get his truck out of the mud, we find out who the killer is. But the killer is not just one person. It's all four of them. Doc Wallace. Bill Comedy. And Tim Carver. All of them are the killer. And this is where it gets really interesting, folks. Carl used to be a ranch hand at the farm. And apparently he was very sweet on Jack's wife. One day when Jack was out, he made a pass at Jack's wife when she didn't acknowledge it or refused to acknowledge it. He raped her. Out of that rape, Mary was born and she died in childbirth. The four men, including Jack, tried to string up Carl, but in the end decided not to do it. In the end, he got away, and he waited around town, under disguise, of course. He went through Doc's records at, the, at his office and found out that Mary was his child. He went to Jack and basically blackmailed Jack into signing a phony will so he would get the farm. The men killed, accidentally killed Carl when they were going to string him up again. But when there was a thing of lightning, the horse got spooked and he actually died by the hanging. They were doing it to protect Mary from knowing that she was a product of rape. They all agreed to tell the, tell the marshal what happened, but that Mary would never find out why they decided to kill Carl and never find out about her true parentage. Sam and Jessica end up walking out arm in arm, and season one draws to a close. Honestly, um, this, I don't think the seriousness of this actually hit me when I first did this. Um, on YouTube when I first covered this episode, I believe I combined it with Murder at the Oasis, and then I did this, which I'm glad I didn't do that this time. And the full impact of this episode did not hit me until I just recently watched it again and could not believe how fantastic this was. And the fact that we don't just have one killer but four men, one of them being, you know, William Window before he becomes Seth Haslett. 
And you can tell that the, the producers, executives, writers, whatever, knew almost instantly William Window had to come back. Because the chemistry between him and Angela Lansbury is, like, amazing. And the fact that they have them walk out arm in arm as if they're going to the marshal to tell him what happened is amazing. But I have a few little quips, okay? A few little things that I want to talk about. Um, one is, all right, if everything they say is true, which is undoubtedly probably is, why let someone find his body in in the barn? Why not put his body somewhere else? Why allow Jessica to even investigate the crime when the seeker could come out that way? Also, and there's no continuation, you have to draw your own conclusions of what happens if there's a trial. That's going to come out. You know, that's going to be part of the defense of why they did it. And Mary's going to be, you know, in the courtroom because she's going to want to know, you know. Wouldn't it be better just to tell her, you know, before there's any trial or whatever? I understand they're trying to protect her, and that is noble. And, and it's such a sad, sad situation, you know. But the acting is so on par. And it's so, and this episode had to have been groundbreaking in April of 1985. Because they don't do stuff like this on TV nowadays. And, you know, around this cluster of time, they had a similar, like, well, not a similar, but like a rape episode on The Lost in the Prairie. And years later on All My Children, they would have the character Kendall Hart be a product of rape. And that was such a profound storyline on all my children. And then they they had her daughter, Bianca, get raped and have a baby named Miranda as well. And that was a profound storyline. But they don't do stuff like that now. And what's really sad about it is that is unfortunately a very common thing. And I hate even saying that sentence because I don't understand why or how anyone can do that to another human being, whether it be male, female, whatever, you know? I mean, if they don't want to do it with you, then they don't want to do it with you. Why would you? Yeah, I don't get it. Honestly, I don't. And it's so, it's so sad. But the acting from Angela Lansbury and all the men in this episode are fantastically written. So let's go over the guest stars, shall we? And hopefully my computer won't freeze. Doc Wallace was played by Noah Bailey Jr. Or Beerly Jr. Wow, he was born in 1913 and died on November 1st, 1994 at the age of 81. He must have seen the world change for himself. I mean, that must have been amazing. He's known for The Rockford Files, Red River, 1948, Only Angels Have Wings, 1939, and Inherit the Wind, 1960. 
His last known credit is a TV movie called Powers Play, but unfortunately, whatever um, role he played, he they didn't say. He was on The Love Boat. This is his only episode of Murder, She Wrote, Trapper John M.D., Hot Pursuit, The Yellow Rose. I don't know what that is. The Quest, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. I love that movie, but I don't remember seeing him in it. Um, The Capture of Grizzly Adams, The Magical World of Disney, Magnum P.I., Vegas, Fantasy Island, The Rockford Files, where he played Joseph Rocky Rockford. Rockford. So he didn't play the Rockford. Maybe he was the father. He was on Eight is Enough, Greatest Heroes of the Bible, The Six Million Dollar Man, Doc Elliott, The Waltons, Lassie. Wow, Lassie. <laughs> Bonanza. Gunsmoke. Perry Mason. The Little Hobo. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, he was in a lot of things and he started acting. Let's see, when did he start acting? He was in a lot of movies. Um, he started acting, wow, when he was seven years old in 1920. His uh, first credit is the, Ma the Mark of Zorro as a seven-year-old boy uncredited. I mean, wow. Wow. What a long career he had. 173 different things. Good for you. May you rest in peace. Caitlin Miller played Mary Carver, and like I said, she's a really great actress. She was in the original Dynasty, and she was in a lot of TV movies, and she's so good. She's known for The Godfather Part Two, The Sword and the Sorcerer. The original Dynasty is Kirby Adders, and something called Movie Movie in 1978. Um, her last known credit is doing voiceover work for a video game called Crybrina and then being in something called Legacy. She was in Dynasty The Reunion and oh, she will appear in another episode of Murder, She Wrote in 1989, The Year I Was Born. But she was in, but she was in. She was a fantastic actress. I wonder what happened to her, why she isn't acting anymore. Um, Bill Comedy was played by J.D. Cannon. He was born in 1922 and died in 2005. At the age of 83, he is known for Cool Hand Loop, 1967, The Cloud, Scorpio, and Death Wish 2, 1982. His last known credit is the original Law and Order in 1991. He will appear in another episode of Murder, She Wrote in 1986. So we'll go over more of his credentials then. But he was really good in this.
Now let's see if our murder victim, Mr. Carl, and the horrible rapist dude, um, was in the Little House in the Prairie episode, or if I'm confusing him with someone else. He's still alive. He is known for The Return of the Living Dead, 1985, Feast, 2005, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. That's where I seen him from in the last picture show, but I swear he was also in Little House on the Prairie. His last known credit is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in 2019, so he's still acting. He was on Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, Walker, Texas Ranger, Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> Puppet Master 5. Uh, he'll appear in two other episodes of Murder, she wrote. Another one in 85 and another one in 87. So we'll go over, but I still want to see. Oh, he was in North and South, Book 2, Love and War. I think I remember that. Magnum P.I., No, he wasn't. That must have been somebody else. But, yeah. We'll go over more of his credentials when we get to the other episodes. He was really good in this episode, though. Um, Tim Cover was played by David Moffat. Or Donald Moffat, sorry. It didn't load right and I couldn't see. Um, he was born in 1930 and died in 2018 at the age of 87. He's known for The Thing, 1992, Clear and Present Danger, 1994, Popeye, the movie with Robin Williams, 1980, and The Right Stuff, 1983. His last known credit is Law and Order Trial by Jury in 2005. That was a good one. It didn't last very long. The West Wing, Bull, um, TV show, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, Oh, he was in Is There Life Out There with Ruth McIntyre. I love that movie. Tales of the City. Miniseries. Um, the Bone Identity. Miniseries. Twilight Zone. This is the only episode of Murder She Wrote. Dallas. The original Dallas. Family. Oh, he was on on Little House on the Prairie as Nathaniel Myers. Um, yes, I remember him. He was on The Waltons, The Six Million Dollar Man, Gunsmoke. Everybody was on Gunsmoke. Bonanza, that too. Mission Impossible. Awesome, awesome, awesome actor. Wish he would have been in more episodes of Murder She Wrote. Art was played by Jeff Osterhedge. And I totally mispronounced his name. Um, I don't know. He is still alive. He is known for Knight Rider, Dar Darnett, Masquerade of the Red Death, and Beller's Gate 2. Okay. His last known credit is Taken by Force 2010. I guess it's a movie. 
Oh, Billers Gate is a video game. Madlock. Diver Divergent. Simon and Simon. Moonlighting. And he will appear in another episode of Murder, She Wrote in 1986. In the next season, actually. So we'll go over more of his credentials then. Cliff Potts played the role of our sheriff. Marshall, whatever. He is still alive. He just celebrated his birthday on January 5th, 1942. Happy belated birthday, sir. He is known for The Last Ride of the Dalton Gang, 1979. Silent Running, 1972. Sometimes a Great Nation, 1971. And for Love and Honor, a TV show from 1983 to 84. His last known credit is The Rave. A short movie. Um, he was in Star Trek The Next Generation, Madlock. He will appear in another episode of Murder, She Wrote in 1990. Which will take me forever to get there. Um, but I made it this far. And I'm in it for the long haul. Um, he also got started on Baywatch, the original Dallas, and Hotel. And we will go um, over his credentials when we get there. More. Oh, I hope Sheila Stevens is in more episodes of Murder, She Wrote. Let's see. Love her. She's still with us. She's, of course, known for The Poseidon Adventure, 1972. The Nutty Professor, 1963. The Silencers, 1966. And Save One for Me, 1959. Her last known credit is Mega Cobra in... 2010. She did some work in 1996 on General Hospital. She was in Dukes of Hazard Reunion. The Wayne's World TV series. Santa Barbara is Phyllis Blake. Oh, I bet you that was awesome. Alfred Hitchcock presents Adventures Beyond Belief. Um, I don't know. Magnum P.I. Oh, this is her only episode of Murder, She Wrote. I was hoping she would be in more. Um, Night Court, Highway to Heaven, Hotel, No Man's Land, Fantasy Island, New Heart, The Love Boat, Flamingo Road. I'm told that's a really good show. Never seen it, but Heart to Heart. That's an awesome show. Wonder Woman. I love it. She was. She is such a great actress. Absolutely love her. And of course, we had William Window, which I know that he's going to be in lots of episodes of Murder She Wrote. But I just want to check and see what he's known for. Oh, he's no longer with us. He passed away in August of 2012 at the age of 88. He was known for Escape from the Planet of the Apes in 1971, True Crime in 1999, To Kill a Mockingbird in 1962. Oh yeah, he was so good. And Uncle Buck in 1989. 
and his last known credit was playing Grandpa Winkle in a short called Just. And he will start appearing as Dr. Seth Haslett in the next in the next episode. Or in the next season. So I am absolutely excited about that. Alright, that's all of our guest stars. Um, thank you so much for your support. Season one is in the bag. I'm going to be recording a bonus episode. And I might even have some bloopers for you because I don't, I don't read off a script. I just go with the flow. Um, I'm going to be starting season two soon. So I hope you all stick around for that and have a good day, night, depending on when you listen to this and my prayers and my thoughts and I pray for peace every night before I go to sleep for the war going on in Ukraine. And uh, I hope that that stops soon because I feel so bad for the people over there and what they're going through. I pray for peace, like I said, every night. So happy Christmas, everyone, and I will see you in the next one.